This is Floyd Hughes, pastor of Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. I just wanted to share about my new book, Act Like an E-Christian. The E stands for evangelical. And despite what you may have heard, evangelical Christianity has nothing to do with politics. It has to do with the reason the body of Christ exists, sharing the gospel. My book, a devotional based on the book of Acts, prayerfully encourages Christ followers to return to our evangelical roots of sharing the gospel with folks in our circles of influence. It's available on Amazon in paperback and for Kindle, and you can pick up a copy today. Thanks and God bless. You're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. No, you're the coolest. Okay, I'm the coolest. Good afternoon. I am Pastor Floyd Hughes from Crossroads Community Church of Jefferson Hills. And with me, as always, is Mark Berkshire with Mark Berkshire Ministries and Crossroads Community Church. And today we're 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 kind of talking about what everyone's talking about, um, the war that's currently going on uh, in the Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia. Um they call it a war. I, I technically just call it an assault where this huge, bigger nation just decides I want what the other nation has, which we're going to talk about because um, he's not just doing this because he's stupid. He's actually it's it's actually a very smart strategy. It's also very wrong. But um, so we're going to talk about that. But we're also going to talk about the spiritual aspect of it, because as Mark and I were talking right before we came on to record, uh, we've both been inundated. By people, um, how can I say this in a nice way, who claim to be Christ followers, uh, but are just aggressively uh, hating and and berating other people who don't share their end time philosophy view, which we can all have different end time views. But uh, if you're hating and separating from other Christ followers because of it, then you might be the problem and maybe need to look at your walk with Christ. But that being said, we're going to start talking about this war. We are, I forget how far into it, uh, two weeks, three weeks? This 13th day today. 13th days into this. And um, I'm not a politician. Uh, I'm not one of those strategic people. Uh, but I did want to share, um, and while I look this up, I'm going to let Ask Mark to share his thoughts. Uh, I did want to share uh, that this wasn't just a crazy uh, move by some power-hungry oligarch, as some people say. There was actually a strategy, uh, and a long-term strategy, because this has been uh, planned for a while now, that uh, Putin was is following to do this, but real quick, any, any, any initial thoughts you have, Mark? No, I, I agree. He, he has been planning this since probably back in 2015 is when he probably looked at this and said, there's a good chance this can happen. And the monkey wrench was we had a president in between there that came into office that in 2016 that said i'm not taking any of your your stuff this isn't going to fly and basically bullied him into saying okay i'm not doing this right now 
And then when we got the administration now that is more favorable to his persuasions, they he said, this is a good time. And, and if you look at it, he's not the only leader that is taking advantage of the weakness that's there. And, and we can go into that later, but there, there's a lot of things. So this has been a very strategic, planned out thing that, that, that um, is not going to stop with Ukraine. Yeah, I, 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 two things to, to share on that. One, and I think we, we should probably touch on this now, even though we're, uh, uh, we're coming from a Christian perspective. Um, I, I think people look at this as a Trump-type Obama thing, a Biden thing, rather, blah, blah, blah. That's not the issue. It's a political party thing, because the Democratic Party, longstanding, hey, we're not the world police, let's step back. You know, let's try peaceful resolutions. We're not going to fight first. If you're aggressive, we're not going to respond to aggression with aggression. Republican Party, whether you like it or not more, uh, we need to be aggressive. You know, we need to say, hey, we're not going to stand for this. We need to be ready to fight, yada, yada, yada. So regardless of anyone's political perspective, those two things hold true. Democratic Party more, um, less aggressive, uh, less um, responsive with, physical altercation, violence, send troops in, let's fight. Um, Republican Party more, hey, uh, do this, and and we're ready to throw down. Um, And I would go as far as to say not just the Republican Party, but a lot of conservatives, independent, Unitarian, whatever they may be, the more conservative population would be more, we've got your brother's back, Rather than let's make let's make pictures and put them up on the wall, as most of the Democrats are like, you know. Uh, yeah, and again, this isn't regardless of where you anyone falls on their political perspective. These are these are political truths. This is the way the Democratic Party is. This is the way Republican Party is. Whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it's 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 just the way those parties are. So with the Democratic Party in place who's not going to be aggressive if you're an aggressor you have free reign to go do whatever you want to do because you know they're not going to step in and stop you right and biblically speaking this is also the good versus evil and get rid of the political parties this is the um the ones who who have and the ones who have not, let's take it. So we have more. Exactly. Which which brings me to this list. Uh, and again, this list, co- well, I shouldn't say again, because I haven't said that yet. This list comes from out of the Ukraine. So, uh, and anyone that can look it up. <clears throat> but Putin, Putin, whatever you pronounce his name, is not just crazy thinking, I want more land. There's a reason why he wanted the Ukraine. They're first in Europe um, in reserves of uranium ore, which is necessarily for necessary for uh, nuclear reactors. They're the second largest iron ore reserves in the world. Uh, they're the third place in Europe, 13th in the world, in shale gas reserves. 
They're the seventh place in the world in coal reserves. Uh, they're the first place in the world in exports of sunflower and sunflower oil. Uh, fourth place in barley exports. Uh, third largest producer uh, and exporter of corn in the world. Fourth largest producer of potatoes in the world. Uh, fifth largest producer in the world uh, of bee production. And everyone has been. They haven't been talking about it lately because of the pandemic about, oh, we're losing all the bees. Not an issue for the Ukraine, right? Eighth place in the world in wheat exports. Ninth place in the world in chicken egg exports. And uh, third largest in Europe. Eighth largest in the world. Again, third largest in Europe. Eighth largest in the world in terms of installed capacity of nuclear power plants. And they are the fourth largest manufacturer in the world of rocket launchers. Hmm. So it, it it is not just a random, hey, I want more land, I want more wherever. This is a strategic thing. And when you look at, especially over the last decade to 15 years to a decade or so of uh, the economics in Russia, they have not been great. But if you now take over the Ukraine, you have food for your people. Uh, you have military uh, reserves. You have uh, major exports, which are going to bring uh, uh, economic um, influence into your nation. It's the same way, and I, and I was explaining this to someone the other day, that the same way when Google says, hey, we don't have this. That company has this thing that we don't have. We would love it. We would need it. It would be great for our company and our products. It can make us a lot of money. So Google buys that company. And the company says, yeah, because they're going to make a lot of money. This is Russia. Instead of buying the Ukraine, they just, like you said, they just go in and say, we're going to take it over. And nobody, to me, this is like if someone walked over to their neighbor's house and said, I'm going to take your snowblower, your car, your wife, and your house and make it mine. And all the other neighbors sat by and sat around and watched this and said, well, let, let, let's just let's just not do anything because that, that's really what's being done. Let's just not do anything. And like you said, it, you know, it's a matter of right versus wrong. And it, when you come to the political terms, we'll talk about the spiritual aspect in a minute, political terms, it's right versus wrong. And it's a matter of from again back to the political aspect the democrats saying hey we we're not supposed to be the world's police so we're going to do some things we'll put in some sanctions we'll do this from a republican perspective they're like hey that's wrong <laughs> we should step in and from my perspective the moment the man started shooting missiles at nuclear reactors all bets were off somebody mm -hmm. should have stepped in and said all right he needs to be taken out of power, not necessarily taken out, taken out of power, right? He needs to be put in jail. You guys find someone else to lead your country. It cannot be him. Every leader in the world should have stepped in and said, no, we're done. We're no longer standing outside. You shoot, you're, 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 you're done. Yeah. And the fact that we keep talking about all these war crimes that they're doing, that he's doing, and all the war crimes that he's guilty of that are very blatant and obvious and in, in your face. And we're still not doing anything about it. Yeah. 
I, no one is intervening. And again, I'm not a politician. No. I don't have to carry that weight on my shoulders. But I know if I were a politician, the moment, if I were on the fence, the moment the man started shooting missiles at nuclear reactors, I would be like, hey, he needs to go. Yeah. Uh, he, need, he needs to go. Yeah. And, and then the nuclear reactors came to now he's shooting at civilians. And yeah. You know, apartment buildings and hospitals and orphanage, orphanages. Um, he, you know, I, I would have said that he needs to go a, a while ago. Yeah, and this has gone beyond, okay, being the world's police. This is like you said; it has moved into. We need to do what's right. It's yeah. one thing watching your neighbor go over and say, "I'm going to take." another neighbor's snowblower and take their car and take over their home. It's another thing watching him beat and kill the families in that house. And we stand there and watch and say, one, I don't know why we think that he's going to stop there. There is no logical reason to think that no. he's going to stop there Two, um, It's just blatantly wrong. And if we allow it, then we are just as wrong. Right. We are just I as I agree 100%. I agree 100%. And, and, you know, I have talked personally with some people from Ukraine um, online that are there um, with organizations, Christian organizations that I, I work with. And the, the, the resounding we hear it on the news, but to hear it firsthand even makes it more incredible. But they 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 say the people's spirits of I don't care who's gonna stand with me, I'm still gonna stand up for what's right is just unbelievable. Yeah, now. Um, it's actually good because you said you talk to people online who are in Ukraine because I was listening to a, uh, a news podcast, not news podcast, a news broadcast on the news. Uh, I think it was end of last week or it might have been beginning of this week where they were. It was end of last week where there were actually people calling into this news show saying they believe this is all fake. They <laughs> believe this is all the media. It hurts my heart that there are people that think that the media, I mean, yes, I understand a lot of people don't trust the media to, to think that they have enough pull to number one, convince, you know, the president of the Ukraine to make all these fake videos and all that stuff, or to find an actor that looks that much like him and that he wouldn't stand up and to influence all these other countries. Because if you talk to people in other countries, right, uh, talk to people in Germany, talk to people in Poland who are letting in, you know, close to a million refugees, um, they have no reason to fake that. Right. And and the sad part is because of the loss of life, um, I, I wanted to call back and say, hey, can I can you connect me to that caller that just called in and said this is all fake? Because I want to know if he has ever lost a loved one. And if he has, I want to tell him that's fake, yeah. that that's not true, that he's lying, because that's what he's saying to all of these people who have lost their loved ones uh, in the war, soldiers, civilians, uh, all who have lost their lives in this war and and he's sitting back saying it, it, it it's fake it's just yeah. it just breaks my heart that number one we've gotten to that place where we have that much distrust of the media although it's understandable 
But number two, that either we're that, I hesitate to use the word, what's a good word for that? Um, that we're not knowledgeable enough to be able to go out and find resources to say, okay, this, there, there must be some level of truth to this if, you know, other countries are involved and, and, and we're seeing the impact of it. Um, and we will eventually see some of those refugees make their way here as well. Um, yeah. yeah um, it, it's just hard. It's heartbreaking to see that, but it's also heartwarming, I guess, if you want to call it that, encouraging to see that there are still people in the world who no matter what the cost, they're going to stay with the people and be there for the people of Ukraine. Um, one of the one of the one of the persons I've talked to um, is a minister with a group there, and he had the chance his. his his organization said, okay, we can, we can bring you home right now. Be, you know, it's day one when this all started. We can fly you out. We can get you out. We can get you back to the States. He and his wife, who are in their, I would say at this probably late 30s, early 40s, and they have two children, they said, take our kids out. Take them to their grandparents. We're staying here. Because this is where God put us. Just, it warms my heart to know that people are that dedicated. There are still people that dedicated to the cause of Christ. Yeah. Now, uh, that's that's a good segue into the spiritual aspect of this because it saddens my heart um, to, to, the people, and I have to check myself every time I get into one of these conversations as well. But it sends my heart to to see the conversations going on that are, you know, talking about the end times because you know we are in the last days. Is this end times? And to see the callousness that's being used as people use this to promote a a spiritual perspective that's wrong. Number one. Without giving the true necessary attention to, do we understand that people are losing their lives while we're sitting online arguing about, you know, are we in the tribulation or not, which is what people are arguing about. There are people, you know, hunkering down, haven't eaten for days, uh, wondering if they're going to live not the next day, the next couple of minutes through the night um, because their, their nation is at war. They're being bombarded. They have no guarantee of their safety. Um, and yet we're using this to argue, you know, end time theology. And and I understand there is the spiritual aspect. We are in the end times. We are in the last days. But, um, man, yeah, we, we have our priorities in the wrong place. Right. We certainly do. And, and there's so much that we could get into that we could break this up into four or five podcasts just on the end times aspect of what this war is all about. But in a nutshell, for me, as I sit here in Pennsylvania, in the United States of America, looking across the oceans at 
worlds and people I don't know, I still feel the oneness with the Christian brothers and sisters that are there, if that makes any sense. Um, but I look at it in the end times version part of it is the Bible clearly tells us that there will be people when things start to happen and things start to go bad real fast that will say, no, this isn't the end times. This isn't, this isn't that yet. We're not there yet. Um, and, or that we are there. We're right in the middle. We're halfway through the tribulation already. Okay. Let, 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 let's talk about that. Let's talk about whether or not we're in a tribulation. And I need to clarify for, for, for everyone, because I see a lot of people mixing these things. Uh, we are in the last days. We have been in the last days since Acts chapter two, um, when God poured out his Holy Spirit and all of the disciples started speaking in other languages. People said, hey, you guys drunk. What is this? And Peter stood up and said, no, this is what was sp spoken by the prophet Joel that would occur in the last days. So according to the Bible, according to Peter, uh, according to the Holy Spirit, then um, the last days started in Acts chapter two. So we have been in the last days. Yes. Um, so the question is, are we in the end times and are we in, more importantly, are we in the tribulation? Are, are we in the, the biblical, what the Bible calls the, the tribulation? And again, I don't want to, like you said, we could spend so much time on this, but I feel like we need to clarify from a biblical place. And even if people disagree with us, that's okay. Yeah, there I have. I follow. I agree with. I talk with. I have plenty of friends who disagree with our tribulation theology. I think you know, pre-tribs. I have some friends who are mid-trib. I have some friends who are post-trib. We're still friends. We're still mm -hmm. brothers and sisters in Christ. That's okay. What's not okay is to call people names, and 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 like, well, you're not a Christian or whatever. If you believe this, uh, that's not okay. Yeah, I mean. I've been told, and I know you have been told, we've talked about this right before we came on, been called false prophets, been called all kinds of things because of our stance and our view of the tribulation. Your an the answer to your simple question, are we in the tribulation? No. And we can prove that several different ways in the Bible. Um, if you look at what Jesus told the disciples in, in Matthew 24, he's speaking to the Jews in this whole tw Matthew 24 and 25. He's talking to the Jews, to the Jewish people, but he's answering his disciples when they ask, Lord, how do we know when the end times is going to be? And he describes all of these things that are going to take place, you know, um, 24, um, where is it? 24, uh, verse, I think it's verse four or verse six, maybe it's no verse four. And Jesus answered them and said, take heed that no one deceives you for many will come in my name saying, I am Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, 
and see that you are not troubled for all of these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. We have heard about wars and rumors of wars and there have been wars my whole life. I'm almost 60 years old. It's been my whole life we've heard all of this. But the Bible, but Jesus is very clear to say, take heed, this is supposed to happen. You know. And I just wanna I just want to clarify because I I, cl- I try to get this through to a lot of people. And, and they don't seem to understand it, so I'll keep it short. Uh, Jesus was responding. He didn't just stop them and have this. He was responding uh, because they had talked about, hey, look how great the temple is. He said it's going to be destroyed. And so they asked him three questions. When is that going to happen? What will be the sign of your coming, your second coming, obviously, and the sign of the end of the age? So they asked three questions, and then Jesus starts answering, and he says, here's the answer to A, here's the answer to B, here's the answer to C, answer to A, B, C, and he jumps back and forth between all three of those things. But he makes crystal clear that the tribulation, when it comes, um, that there will be nothing, it will be so horrible that there will be nothing like it in the history of humanity when it occurs, and nothing after it. It will be so bad. So when I talk to people and I ask them, I was like, are you saying today, right now, this is as bad as it's going to get? And I say, when they, I say, before you answer, if you say we're in a tribulation, think about where you were last month and last year. Has it gotten worse? They're like, well, yeah, it has. I was like, then, then this, this, this can't be the tribulation because we're not going to a place where things are going to get better. It's progressively getting worse. Yeah. And if you're looking around and you still have food, you still have this, you still have that, you're not starving. The, the price of gas is $4, but it literally says that, you know, you won't be able to afford to buy bread. Yeah. We're not there yet. This no, is not no. the tribulation. And... and- it's nowhere close to the tribulation. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. I don't know if it's my mic or what, but um, we're nowhere close to the tribulation. Well, I, I, I don't mean close in the sense of time. I mean close in the sense of what we will what will be going on in the tribulation. We're nowhere close to that yet. Um, I I. Again, I, I don't want to confuse people. I don't want to say something incorrect. But in order for in order for Christ, in order for the rapture to be set up in the tribulation and the Antichrist to come, one of the facts or one of the things that has to happen is that the United States and I would go as far as to say China, no longer can be superpowers. And the United States will no longer be any kind of relationship with Israel. Or we won't, we won't care about Israel as much, I should say. Because the Bible talks in, in Ezekiel 38-39 and the, the, the Ezekiel War of 38-39, that Israel stands alone. 
against everybody else. At this moment in 2022, if someone attacked Israel, we still would have Israel's back along with several other countries that would stand with Israel. So we're not, we're not in that tribulation period. We're not in that period where Israel is standing alone and by themselves. Yeah, this is one of those things where <clears throat> I wish people would read the entirety of the Bible instead of listening to the UT pre YouTube preachers. And I had so many people, you should go check out this preacher. He gives the timeline that shows you that we are in the tribulation. And my response is usually, you should go check out your Bible because there's so many things that are specific that have to happen before we get to the tribulation, according to the Bible, not according to me. And there's so many things that the Bible says about the tribulation that aren't happening yet. So we can't be in it. So, um, I, I, yeah. And again, it, it's okay to talk about these things, but then when you hate on other people who disagree with their views, and when you talk about them and forget that there's a war going on, there are people who are losing yeah. their lives, and um, I try to avoid all of the, the links and the news about it, because, you know, I, I when I see a positive story about it, though, about, you know, someone who persevered or someone who made it through or uh, something like that, then I, I, I try to look at that aspect. Uh, which brings us to our question, because this is called faith responders, right? So how can people of faith respond when nations start going to war? Because this isn't, we have, we've seen nations in conflict, Middle East, uh, you know, Afghanistan, all that stuff. Uh, and we'll continue to see that. Uh, I think in a, uh, not last week, the week before in my sermon, I shared that at the end of 20. 20 or 2021 i forget which i think it was 2021 there were at least 100 over 150 different nations either in military conflict or at war mm -hmm. this just happens to be not little tiny nations uh big nations and i saw a thing and i i, I say this because we were supposed to talk about racism and talk about uh crt and all that stuff and we will get back to that um this just seemed to be a more pressing, I shouldn't say that, not more important, but more pressing conflict uh, because of what's going on and the lives being lost and nations at war. But I saw where someone uh, highlighted news reporters that kept saying that, you know, this doesn't happen in Europe. This should only happen in, you know, Africa or the Middle East, making it again into a racial thing as if white people don't go to war. I'm like, have you not heard of World War II? Have you not heard of the Hundred Years' War, which was literally throughout the European... Yes, Europeans yes. do this. They just haven't done it in a while. But in any case, how should people of faith respond when nations go to war and fight one another? Um, even when, you know, granted, thank you, Jesus, it's not us, but don't get it wrong our military will end up fighting in some aspect. That's why the 101st was sent over there. That's why so many forces are sent over there. Um, but how can people of faith respond? Well, you know my first answer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's going to be obvious. First and foremost, every believer 
should continue. Get the word continue to pray for the peace of God to take over the world. Okay. Pray for the peace of Israel is number one. God tells us to always pray for the peace of Israel, but also to pray for the peace on earth. Okay. We're supposed to pray for that. That doesn't mean that Satan's not going to stir up the pot and make it cloudy. And there's going to be times where we have to defend not only our faith, but our brothers and sisters. That's why Jesus made it very clear. If you love your brothers, what's the thing that shows the, the number one thing about loving your brother? Jesus said it in, uh, was it John that he said, the, the greatest thing that you can do for a brother is to lay down your life for them? Are you willing as a Christ follower? And I'm not saying you have, you're going to be asked to do this, but are you willing as a Christ follower to lay down your life for your brother human? Not just your brother physically, biologically, spiritually, but your brother who is a human being. Are you willing to lay down your life for them? It's a tough question to ask. It's a tough question to answer. But are you willing? I think as a, as a believer, we can get involved in humanity, um, the, the humanity part of it, sending aid to Poland, to the other countries around the area that are taking in these refugees. Yeah, and I don't mean just just write a blank check and send it to somebody you don't know. Find an organization that is credible, that is hopefully biblically based and sound, and get involved by sending financial support to that country or to that ministry that's helping people in the country. Um. And I would say the last thing, and it probably should be the first thing, but the last thing is stop fighting about who's right and who's wrong when it comes to war. Uh, uh, yeah, I was see. I thought I had a, a list. I, I know I've shared it with our congregation multiple times of, of places of respectable places to donate for humanitarian aid. And uh, I cannot find the list now. I don't want to take up too much time looking for it on my phone. Um, every time there's some kind of humanitarian crisis, because yeah. um, people, scammers are going to come out of the woodwork, but there are reputable places to donate. Um, and where you know that a majority of the money doesn't go to, you know, I'll, someone I'll, else's pocket. Yeah, I'll tell you one right off the bat that I know is there, they're in country now, is Samaritan's Purse. Yeah, they're one, and I cannot find my list. Of there, there, there's several others. Word of Life Ministries International is another one that's really good, very biblically sound. I've been parts of that organization for many years. Um, 
It's a great organization. They're on the ground in Ukraine right now. Um, but there's so many other, I mean, there's other biblical organizations that are, are there. Make sure that they are the ones. Red Cross is there. You can give. I have problems with the Red Cross just because of some of the other things they support. So they would be lower on my list. Um, and what uh, I'll, I'll look for that list I have. And there's also, I had a website um, and I've used it when I've donated where you can go to and you can check uh, on the authenticity of some organizations. Right. Uh, you can also find out, Hey, how much, you know, if I give $10, how many, how much of that $10 is going to support the need on the ground and how much of it is actually going to overhead staff yeah. buildings, you know, whatever you want to lean towards, you know, 70% at a minimum going to on the ground. Uh, and I've said before, one of the best ways to do it is find a local church mm -hmm. in the impacted area. So uh, there are many people yeah. who are, they're sending their money through Ukrainian churches because they those are people on the ground that are and they're using it to help people feed people. Uh, same thing in Poland. But uh, so, yeah. So pray. Uh, definitely stop the arguing. Donate. Uh, we are in, you know, arguably the wealthiest nation on the planet. Um, so uh, even even our hardest hit economic people can spare five or ten dollars one time yeah. to help. Uh, and even if they did that, um, that's it. I'm not saying give $5 a month, $5 a week. Here's my 10 bucks. That's all I can give. Like the woman with the two mites, I'm giving out of all I have. Here's my five bucks. And it, when you do that, you want to make sure that majority of it goes to help the people in need. But I would say also read your Bible, yes. not just, not just the verses that the YouTube preacher is you and nothing against people who preach on YouTube. My sermons are on YouTube, nothing against the YouTube preacher, but don't just read the verses they give you to say this, 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 and to create their timeline. Go read the chapters. Go read the whole books. If they're telling you, you know, like you mentioned, Ezekiel 38 and 39, uh, obviously there are a whole bunch of chapters that come before chapters 38 and 39 yes. uh, that you should probably read. Go read Isaiah. Go read, you know, the book of Daniel. Go read the book of uh, Revelation. Uh Read those, and I would say even more important, even if you don't agree with us on everything we said, call your congressman and let them know, hey, if you feel like something needs to be done, something more than it's be, call your congressman. Um, I have, when I lived in D.C., and I've, I've known congresspeople, talked to them, and when they get a phone call, they might respond. When they get a lot of phone calls, they hang up the phone and they go make something happen mm -hmm. because that's, that's their, their, their constituents basically saying, do something or else. Yeah. Cause if you can't do what we want, then we don't need you in office. So call your Congressman, let them know, um, you know, or tweet your Congressman, um, yeah. and let them know that, Hey, something needs to be done more than what is being done uh, about everything that's going on uh, in the Ukraine right now. We are, we are, the wealthiest, arguably, and arguably the most powerful nation on the planet sitting by watching one guy walk through, take stuff from his neighbor, beat and kill his neighbor. 
And we have to decide, are we doing the right thing by doing nothing? Are we doing the wrong thing? I had one woman ask, uh, she asked me, well, uh, you know, what do you think we should do? We don't want to put the innocent people in Russia at risk. And my response to her is, innocent people are lying dead on the streets of the Ukraine. Innocent people have just been uprooted from their home and lost their moms, their sons, their daughters. And innocent people are taking up arms to defend their country from someone who's not so innocent. Yeah. And innocent people in Russia are being put in jail by Russia for standing up for what's going on to their neighbor. So if they can stand up, obviously, if they think it's wrong and they're willing to stand up, I kind of feel like the least we could do is call our congressman and say, do something. We can't continue to do nothing. I understand that we can't be the world's police, but I also understand that we can't sit by and watch while someone goes in and steals, robs, and murders people. That that's that's just not right. That's not yeah. who. If if I came home from school and told my mom I watched somebody go and beat an innocent woman and her child, and take their stuff and not run but walk away to the next innocent person and start beating, and she said, "What did you do?" and I said nothing, she would beat me, like literally. She would she would pull off our shoe yeah. and, and 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 wail on me, for like how could you do that? And I don't understand how we can justify allowing this to happen. It's not a, it's not a diplomacy thing. No. It's a, someone is, is, is being violent and taking lives and stealing and trying to like literally steal a nation. I don't, I don't understand how we can yeah. sit by and do nothing. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm glad to see we are finally starting to do some of the right things, but it should have never taken 13 days to get there. Yeah, and those things are a different gonna, story too. But I, I'm just saying. Yeah. You know. so, yeah. All right. So let's 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 end with this. I'm going to ask you to pray. But again, I'm going to reiterate. Uh, one, let's let's stop the arguing and divisiveness. Let's come together as the people of God and pray for the people in the Ukraine. Uh, let's read our Bibles, uh, not just the verses that are about end times, but the whole books, the whole chapters. Uh, let's contact our political officials and, you know, let them know that. This, this is not okay. And let me just add to that this. Um, we are living in the last days, as, as, as um, Floyd has said, starting back in the book of Acts, we have been living in the, back, the last days. But one thing that, that Jesus said that we need to remember and, and we should have we should be doing this. We should have been doing this a long time before now. He says, look up to the skies for your redemption draweth nigh. Jesus is coming. He's coming again. Are you ready for his return? That's that's, that's an excellent question. question. We should be sharing the gospel. If yes, you haven't yes. shared it before, you should be sharing it now. Whether you think we're in the end times or not, we're closer than we were yesterday. So we should be sharing the gospel. That doesn't mean we Absolutely. beat people over the head with the Bible, but we should be we should be pointing people to Jesus. Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. All right. So go ahead. Let, let's pray. 
Father, we thank you once again for the opportunity to come together um, and to uh, just share our thoughts and our, our feelings and our emotions with each other. And uh, Lord, we just thank you for giving us your word. We thank you for giving us the promises that we can stand on in your word. And the one promise is that you are coming back and that you will greet us in the air. And Father, we just lift up the people of Ukraine right now. And we ask, Lord, we know that you can, you can just stop this invasion, this uh, in, intrusion on their life, this interruption that they're having, um, this war, with just a blink of an eye. Mm. We know that you can do that. And we know that you have the power to take every enemy and just completely wipe them out. We've seen it in your word. We've heard about it. We've, we've read about it. We know the power you have. So we're asking, Lord, that you put your power, your, your, your hand of protection upon the Ukrainian people. Lord, we ask that you would just be with them and supernaturally just keep the, the leaders of that country that are standing up for what is right. Keep them protected. Keep them surrounded by your grace and your, your arm right now. And we ask, Lord, that you would just uh, stop the enemy. We ask that you, you know, people will probably go crazy when I say this, but we pray for, for Putin right now. Lord, we, we know that no one, no one is out of your reach of salvation. And we pray first and foremost for his salvation. We pray that you would just lead him to you. But Lord, we also pray that you will treat him the way that he needs to be treated in your eyes, not in ours. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah. And I got funny looks a couple of weeks ago when this started. And uh, I started off praying before we pray for people in Ukraine. We prayed for, I said, we need to pray for Putin. And we're probably the only congregation that's going to do that. But uh, he needs our prayer. And this is why people need to read their Bible. You read through Exodus and see what God does to leaders. You read Daniel and see how God uses and changes the hearts of uh leaders even the most yeah hard despicable you know leaders uh cyrus um yeah yeah over and over uh so yeah yeah god nothing is impossible with god we know that the bible teaches us that and um you know so we just need to to claim that and stand on that and move on with that yeah yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Pray that you have an awesome uh, rest of your, whenever you hear this week, weekend, <laughs> whenever you hear it, start to your week, whenever you hear it. Uh, and pray that um, if it is not yet the weekend, that you're able to go join a Sunday celebration somewhere and worship together with the people of God. Even if you have to join online, uh, just go and get together with the people of God and uh, lift him up and exalt him. Man. And uh, yeah, hopefully next time 
the world will be in a calmer place and we can, well, that's not calm either, but we can get back to talking about, I was going to say talking about racism, but that's not a calm topic either. And CRT um, kids will probably be out of school by the time we actually get to talk about that. It's a, yeah. Which hopefully will be a good thing. Cause then none of them will be impacted by it. Cause it's right. not good. Okay. All right. Uh, and that's it. And we are done. <laughs>